This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome to the Dynasty Download. I am your host, Tom Duncan. I'm uh, co-host, Ethan Hamilton. So, uh, this is going to be a new project from the, I don't know how I want to call it, if, um, whatever, the Tom Duncan Podcast Network, if you will. Um, But uh, specifically on Dynasty League Fantasy Football. Um, So, just introducing kind of how we're going to go about this. Um, We are trying to use this as kind of an advertisement to... um, reinvent a little bit of uh, fantasy football um this is still kind of a niche um subset of dynasty or of fantasy football by comparison to the everybody else with the either the ppr or the redraft leagues that are tend to be the more common ones the ones that have been around forever um but i think you and i personally look forward to this more than anything else every year just because it is such a different um avenue towards fantasy football um, it's gotten to a point for me where I really don't even do the redraft leagues anymore. I was in two last year, and I put little to no effort into it because I like Dynasty that much more. And so I guess for me, kind of the project of this. So we were talking about this the other day. This specific league um, was just like an old one that we had started in high school with a couple of teachers of ours at the time. And um a couple, I think it was about five or six years ago, maybe even seven, that uh, I just wanted to kind of test the market on this because this league was kind of dying and most people weren't involved or interested. And so we just needed something to kind of give it a new spark. So we kind of did this trial run of setting up this league. Um, some of the same people from high school that we still had, and we'll kind of uh, get on our connections to all of them as we kind of go along. But um I think it's been kind of a rousing success, save for the fact that my dad's won like three or four titles. Um, I I still can't understand nor um, uh, suffer that, if if you will. But only one since my sister won three consecutive titles in my (laughs) office league redraft league. So he's only got one since I've been here. So I I feel like that's been my lot in this league. Two. He's had two. Since I've been here? Maybe. Yep. Because that first year, you really didn't have, like, one of those big years. And the second year was the Alvin Kamara year where he ended up playing me in the championship game. I started oh, oh, he Keenum for the yeah. Vikings, and he's, I traded him That's mid-season right. Alex Smith. And Alex That's Smith right. ended up beating Keenum in that championship game, and I was so pissed. That's right. So that's right. It's like Aaron yep. Rodgers was that was the last year that he was out with his collarbone or whatever. But anyway, so I guess um, for me, I just like that it's closer to um, more mature and actual football. Like the whole concept of the redraft is fun and exciting because you can kind of restart every year and right. everybody's got a chance. But this actually takes um, some skill level that. Uh, most people don't have of really uh, evaluating stuff on a year-to-year basis as opposed to, like, week-to-week basis. You know, trying to cut somebody 
I, I mean, this really takes the whole keeper aspect and explodes it. Um, just for some background and context, our specific league, um, I believe we keep 15 per year and have 22 slots. That's correct. I think, and then uh, like yeah. seven um, uh, draft picks per year. So we put some players back in with the rookie picks, and that's kind of worked out a few times. I remember classically that I had uh, Adam Thielen out of that, where his first year he kind of exploded, and then that second year I picked him in the redraft or whatever it was. I also kind of got George Kittle that way too. But um, Is that how you got Kittle? I drafted See, I him number one because I needed another tight end. I was wondering that too. Plus, I've that made some really good trades with my dad over the years. Like Hunter Henry is on my team as a result, and some. Of those. I think it makes it that much more fun too, because there's a lot more. At least for me, um, like I get into like dynasty mode, like in the off season, watching a lot of stuff on YouTube, um, reading a whole bunch of stuff. It just makes it that much more interesting because, like in dynasty, as compared to redraft, you have a bad draft. That's going to set you back for a little bit, not just one year where you can restart and be like, okay, ha, 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 that was fun. But this one, um, you put, you have to put a lot more work into it, and I think that's what makes it more fun, at least for me. Well, and, I mean, there's an element. Uh, some of the other Dynasty leagues are a little bit bigger. I think I mentioned to you that um, ESPN's Matthew Barry or whatever has his Dynasty league, and they have, like, 35 that's slots per team. Much. And they do, like, a three-round rookie draft every year or something like that. So, I mean, but that's nuts by compared to ours. I mean, with the amount of injury slots and everything else that we do with ours, um, I just, I can't see that many players and like having, Mm -mm. you're really searching the bottom of the barrel in order to pick up anybody with some doubt. I mean, maybe if we expanded the rosters, um, again, people would either be cherishing those draft picks a little bit more heavily uh, because it would be all the rookies or, um you'd be seeing more trade activity. So I've considered it, but then you're going to have a few where like Aaron's constantly asking us to restart the league every season. (laughs) stinks. So um, we do have an opening slot uh, coming up for this next season. We don't have a claim team. Uh, If you'd like to get in on the action, um, let me know. Um, Anybody out there, uh, anybody that wants to come on and uh, co-host it with us, that's a member of the league. You are perfectly welcome to do so, and we will criticize you in person for your team instead of. <laughs> Aaron did tell me that we need to be "quote unquote" gentle with his team, and I'm like, no, it's much funnier if we rake you over the coals. He uh, he had a pretty decent year last year, um, considering the years that he's had in the past. But well, I thought we'll about see. offering him and. Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but like, you know, a mid to late round pick for Todd Gurley, seeing as his shelf life's going to be lower. You know, funny thing about that, and I know you said you wanted to get into it later. Um, a couple of years ago when I was making that playoff push, um, I offered like the farm to Aaron for Todd Gurley. That was only like two years ago. So, um, well, yeah, and I you think and I like, almost had that huge Hopkins for Le'Veon Bell trade like yeah, two yeah. years ago, too. Yeah. Yep, and like good things that I I did not make, very good trades that I did not make, but I wanted those really bad back then. I know, I know. If I would have traded Ben, um, like Kareem Hunt or um, Le'Veon Bell instead of Kamara a couple of years ago for Odell Beckham, you know, he kind of got the better of in that one, but 
you know, those are some of those things. Like I dropped Odell Beckham right before in his rookie year, right before he got really big. And there mm. have been a couple other ones where you just look back at it and you're like, why the fuck? Um, yeah. The classic yep. one that I really got over on somebody was, um, I mean, this was somebody I don't even remember. It was like one of Derek's friends, like season one or season two. Um, and I traded um, Philip Rivers and Calvin Johnson right before Calvin Johnson retired for uh, Devontae Adams and Andrew oh, Luck. Shit. And then I dropped Devontae Adams. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> yep. And this is the That's exact the thing, part. you know, like That's this was a couple part. of years. This is when Jordy was the big receiver yet. And, you know, you don't have the forethought of, oh, Devontae Adams could be a potential find. So, of course, like Danny and um, Derek always compete over getting the most Packers. on The, the most court. Packers. Yep. I, uh, They're I'm such homers. <laughs> they but, love Packers. That they do. Yep. So, anyway, um, I guess what's... Uh, Let's put it, what exactly about Dynasty is appealing most to you? To me, well, you were saying earlier how we had this league before when we were like in middle school, high school and everything. And I remember when you switched it over and you're like, hey, do you want to be in this Dynasty league? And at the time I was like, no, heck no. Like that doesn't sound fun to me. Honestly, it sounds like it's way too much work and everything like that. So I didn't do it. And I'm really happy you came back around a couple of years down the road like, hey, I got an open spot, and I was looking for something new. Um, but I just like how the decisions that you make are – you have to think about them a whole heck of a lot more. Not just, like, whose stock is high right now, but whose stock is going to be highest two years from now, three years from now. Um, and it makes drafting that much more interesting, that much more fun. Um, and I just – I think it changes the values of players as well. Like, now running back value – I think is super high in dynasty as compared to redraft. Like you can survive a year with, you know, an Austin Eckler and everything like that, but how good is he going to be two or three years down the road from now? And I think that's, what's a lot more fun and interesting for me. And like, I have a couple of friends down here that um, I was in their leagues, their redraft leagues last year. And they're like, dude, you're not putting in. And I was like, honestly, my heart's just not in it. <laughs> I just, I like dynasty that much more. And I, there's nothing really I can do about it. So I just put a lot more effort, honestly, now into dynasty. And I might just be the only league that I'm in now this year, just because it's, it's just more fun. Um, and the, the thought process that goes into it, I think it just makes it more challenging. And your league is super competitive. So I like that too. Everybody's in it. Um, I drafting wise and trading draft picks, I think was, would be a little bit heavier. Um, but other than that, I, I, it's my favorite league that I'm in. Well, and you love smack talking my dad. So, you know, that. that's fun. Um, cause he gives it back <laughs> threefold if he can. I mean, he was just mentioning me today, the concert last night. Uh, and I didn't even know he knew who Dave Grohl or Billy Eilish were. <laughs> oh, I really like their performance. I'm like, dude, you're a 56 year old man. It's freaking weird. Yeah, and he, I mean, and and I, he comes back at me with, oh yeah, Dave Grohl was in Nirvana, and now he's the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. Post this little gift with him dropping the mic, and I'm like, oh god, oh no. What have yeah, I, I when I uh, when I got into League Two, just seeing the team that your dad had, though, I just oh, could I not believe. See that happened i could not believe that you guys let that happen where he had it everybody of, it wasn't a matter of letting 
he had such luck where, like, the first year, I think Danny's got two titles as of this last year. I think Danny won the first year, but that was kind of like when it was a redraft that first right. year as opposed right. to the longitudinal one. But, right. like, I kept telling him, Kelsey's not going to be a great tight end. And he held on to that one. I was yeah, completely that. wrong. <laughs> Yes, um, sir, you were. I didn't think that he was like he hit on all of these rookie wide receivers all at the same time. Like he had Edelman, Hilton, um, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, like all of those guys that were younger. He's had them for like five or six years. He had Rodgers, who was the number one quarterback at the time. Um, and he picked up uh, he drafted Devontae Freeman on my advice. I kept telling Derek, oh, draft Freeman if you need a running back. And this was like the third round of whatever, like it was the second year. And he's like, no, Tevin Coleman's going to be the starter. I'm like, no, Devontae Freeman is going to, and then Tevin Coleman gets hurt. Devontae Freeman takes off. My dad hasn't. And he's always looking for running backs because he's terrible at drafting running backs. He's great at hitting on the wide receivers. He's terrible at running backs. And you then gotta have running backs. Seeing the first one on the waiver claim to David Johnson the year before, he hit it big. He so he had like everyone. eight first round picks, like everyone. on the same team. Like I just, that, that year, he just crushed everybody, and it wasn't I, even I, close. I remember getting yeah, I remember getting in the league, and I was like, okay, what work do I got to put in? Because like my team that I inherited was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but that was what was so fun about it too. Like flipping a team over was so much fun for me. Like yep. sending out trades, accumulating draft picks, and then like looking into who you wanted to draft. And then like the year after that first year in the league, I think I finished, I don't know. I had a really good record in the regular season. I think I finished like fourth or fifth or something like that. And that was so much higher than I thought I was going to finish. Cause honestly I was trying to trade everybody and tank a little bit. Because I wanted those early round draft picks too, but yeah. I had Zeke. Well, I, made I remember that early your trade first... for Zeke, and he kept my team floating yep. really well. So and that was your first big trade. It was like moving like three or four of your guys just to get Zeke in that first. Just year. to get Zeke. Just to get Zeke. Yep. Yeah. But, I think I moved like AP and who else was it? I Who's that know. wide receiver that played for um, the Bear? Alshon Jeffrey. Oh. some picks and I traded those for Zeke Elliott. And yeah, that changed, that changed my team completely. Just that one the trade. Big, the big trades are the ones that like are the most fun in hindsight. Like, Oh yeah. We were already discussing Ben and my trade for Camara versus uh, Odell Beckham at the time. And like when I was looking at him, some of the people had it rated that uh, Beckham would be the number one dynasty option wide receiver going forward at that time. Well, now mm-hmm. we're two years removed, and he's done jack for me. Yeah, yeah. And Kamara's, I like, think freaking exploded, but, I mean, only his shelf saving life grace, is about the same. Exactly. The only saving grace that you got throughout the whole thing is, is Kamara, he can't be going up that much that much more. Like, he's got to be coming um, down pretty soon. And how long is he going to continue, too? That's the other and thing. Like, with a wide receiver, though, I mean, the years on that are... Are nice, and that's why I say the value in dynasty for running backs is so much higher than, than well, wideouts. But again, the shelf life. I mean, that's the thing. Like right. running backs will win you the league, but their your window is going to be smaller depending on how you have it. Like the wide well, you got to keep drafting them if right. we have it, and it's based on how we structured the league a little bit. The one um, unknown um, 
I guess, uh, um, what am I thinking? A variable would be like setting up IDPs at some point. But I don't even know if we want to even break up the continuity of how the league's structured right now in order to do that. So, Are you saying for like defense? Yeah, IDP, independent uh, or right. individual defensive players. Right. Uh, I don't know. You'd make it, me have to do so much more work. <laughs> yeah, but for those of us that are actually involved, like that gives us a whole nother element. I know, but you that would mess up my strategy for defense. I just stream defenses. You see, well, so like I, I have like I have like five defenses at the end of the year because I'm just trying to see which ones will be hot. I mean, but. that that's eventually going to come up in this whole thing is, um, you know, and I think I put it on one of our eventual show notes for, like, whatever, episode three that we're going to do. It's, like, free agent kickers. Who the fuck cares about kickers? <laughs> no one cares. Although, Justin Tucker, I told you that last time. I... Okay, but the, the difference per game from Justin Tucker to the next guy is, like, 0. 0.8. I'm still hurt. You, I, like I don't know what the heck you were thinking. Based on 0.8 points per week. That was my kicker, and you didn't need to draft him in, like, the second or the third round that you did. I dropped him to make space so I could keep James Washington, and he picks up my kicker. I don't even know who my kicker is. <laughs> I don't care who my kicker is. I always look at uh, somebody who I think is going to end up being, uh, like, a sleeper kicker every year for all of my redrafts, and I usually end up drafting him in the last round of our um, uh, seven-round rookie or whatever. So, I Justin never Tucker won me some games, though. He won me some games, and so it was. I was a little heartbroken when Ike, when he did that to me, and I feel like it was out of pure yes. jealousy and hate. Yes, because Alan <laughs> put so much thought into that. They That's took my why kicker. The man has multiple kickers and multiple defenses, <laughs> and keeps them from a year-to-year basis. God. <laughs> Whereas, like, my dad and myself, the minute we're going to get eliminated from the playoff, we're starting to stash all of these injury-prone guys. And, you know... I've caught on to that. It took me a couple years. It it took me a couple years, but I caught on to what you guys are doing, and I think it's smart as hell. Um, But, yeah, Ike, for sure. He can let go of one of those kickers. He can let go of one of those kickers because Justin Tucker is is the best kicker in the game. So... (laughs) Um, but I mean, football is by far my favorite sport. Um, it has been since I was six and you know, anybody that knows me, um, I probably don't story. Well, not quite. I mean, that was not till like 98, but, um, (laughs) no, like the first game I remember watching, like really remember watching. And I used to go back, my dad used to VHS, like, all the old playoff games from, like, the 90s. So, like, I remember the one from 94 with the Falcons and um, the one from 95 with the uh, uh, 49ers where we just absolutely cleaned up on them and um, some of those playoff runs from 96. But the one I Mm -hmm. actually remember watching regularly was uh, that Super Bowl 31. You know, we're both Packer fans, but... um, the first one where uh, I think I was up for the first half and I didn't really know what was going on. I was a kid and I, <laughs> I hadn't really gotten into anything, but I, my mother put me to bed like, cause it got late. Cause those games don't start until like late in the evening on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And my dad came and got me out of bed, like in the middle of the fourth quarter and literally told me, I have waited my entire life to say something <laughs> like this. It may never happen again. You are getting your ass out of bed and you are going to watch this. 
Father of the year right there. Yeah. Father of so, the year. And I got obsessive in grade school about, you know, playing parking lot football and um, drawing up crazy plays and doing all that shit. And then, you know, the Pop Warner days. And that's how you, me, and Ben, like, got introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, your dad was uh, on the coaching staff and constantly teasing me about how many Big Macs I was eating before practice <laughs> and all of that <laughs> You know, we're, we're some 20 some years later and we're still doing all of this stuff. And it, it's just kind of interesting how the world works sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just the game, I guess, itself has kept us just that game. The game of football has kept us uh, very, very close. Like just, you know, Ben and I, um, we taught we text weekly, multiple yeah. times a day about what our plans for are for the off season of like just for this league and this draft. And like, I know his draft strategy. I know what he's trying to do. He also knows what I'm trying to do, but it also makes it super fun. Cause what, this is going to be his third year in the league and he is taking this freaking league by storm. Um, and I've ran into him the last two years in the playoffs and we've had really, really, really good games. And I know one of these times, like we're going to be in the playoffs again, and I'm not going to be as lucky as I am. So like, I've, been very fortunate but him just adding him just in general like has added another element to the league that just makes it so much fun because his team and is so good and he 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 took the concept so quickly too so yeah well he's uh, been constantly surprises me at how much i underestimate him sometimes (laughs) like he seems he he seems like an idiot savant Like, he'll come out of nowhere with some of the most brilliant things, and I'm like, where the hell was this, Ben? There's absolutely. There's times where I see the lineup that he puts out, and I'm like, there's no way in hell. And then Ben, again, has the number one points for the week by a lot. And it's like, who the hell is this guy? He's like, oh, I just had a hunch. And it's like, dude, get the hell out of my face. Don't talk to me. He does it not just in football, but he surprises me on almost every level. On movies, on economics, like highfalutin shit. And yet, every time I talk to him, I swear he's high because he just has this slow way of talking. And it's no problem to him. I'm trying to give him as much of a compliment and a dig at myself for underestimating it constantly. But that being said, it's just like, where? Where was this man? It's been like 20 years in the making. Good lord. So. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just, I've been a huge football fan. I've, I spent all of high school and college, um, either diagramming and going through plays or drawing up new ones myself. You remember when everybody was giving me shit for doing the three, two defense in high school. And now that seems I, to be them. So, right. and that I'm was his 14 attempts. He's That's going crazy. to end up, yeah, he's going to end up, uh, much farther at some point. Again, you think I just he'll think be like, right now, Derrick value is at its peak, and you can get somebody to potentially pay a couple of picks and a couple of starters for the opportunity to have the rushing leader on your team. And there's, I don't know if he is going to have the same viability. Like, bringing back most of the team is fine, but you think about the fact that they lost their right tackle this year. And most teams, you pass protect from the left side, you rush off the right side, their tackle went to the Jets, or no, um, the Browns. Um, I just don't see that being the same offensive line that was a road grader 
uh, and that you can give Derrick Henry the ball 25 times a game and have it be successful. I think the Titans are going to run him into the ground because they're doing oh, yeah. the Le'Veon Bell treatment yeah. right now where you're going to franchise him for two or three years and just absolutely run him down. But Use him up. Yep. Use him up so, and then ship him out. But I just don't see his fantasy value being higher. And if I'm not, and I agree with you, you know, this whole notion of the NBA um, having the eighth seed in the playoffs, who gives a fuck about finishing the eighth seed so that you get swept in the first round when you could be a lottery pick and potentially hit on whomever is next? If you would have told me last year that I could have the eighth uh, uh, seed in the West and play like the Warriors in round one or the Bucks or whatever else, or I could finish out of the playoffs and have a shot at Zion. It's no contest. Like I would have taken John Morant personally, but you know me and Duke. Well, <laughs> that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. Uh, transcendent talent or whatever. But you I know get what my you point. meant. I absolutely understand what you meant. Um, yeah, for, for Ike to like, hey man, if you want to get rid of Derrick Henry, I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. I'll well, I'll, I'll thing, give you like, some draft picks. My running yeah. back depth is terrible, but if he if he doesn't mind packaging up something where he gives me um, Fournette or Carryon Johnson for Adam Thielen, I'm making that trade all day. Like I'd be glad to package that up in a second round pick to get one of those guys. I think for me, if I'm controlling Ike's team, I'm looking to get younger, um, quickly. Well, not, I mean, not essentially quickly no, because there, there he's assets. got some good young talent and he's got a lot of assets here, but I mean, he could, he here, could be a contender if he does the right things. He could be a contender next year, you know, as soon as next year, for sure, the year after. Again, like having all three of those running backs, having Debo, having even D.D. Westbrook's not a bad flex player per se. And like Philip Rivers and... um Greg Olson are replacement level players, but like you're not going to necessarily lose on a week to week. Part of it was, is he had so many injuries by the end of the year where Fournette and carry um, Johnson weren't even playing. And, you know, Lockett was having a really good year until they dropped off towards the second half of the season where Seattle's schedule just got difficult to shit. But that being said, like there is potential value on here. I just think, especially because if you get like, and Taylor hits in that first year, where you're going to have him for three or four really productive prime years, depending on where he ends up, or even like DeAndre Swift or somebody else. You know, you have the positional value if you start doubling up on these. Like, yeah. you know, if he if he was smart, like, again, this is us playing fan or generic right. GM. I yep. trade yep. Derrick Henry to somebody like you, who has the second pick because of Aaron, and double up on going those first and second. Yeah. See if I can uh, get like I, I'm trying to think. So then I'm trying to get a wide receiver. If I'm him, and say you do what you do, and he trades me Derrick Henry, I give him the second pick. I'm either taking with the first pick Jonathan Taylor, which I think is who he will take, um, just because um, he's a homer. Um, Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift. I'm taking one of those two, and then I'm taking one of the wide receivers, man, because I think, for example, Ceedee Lamb. I think he's going to be a very, very good player for a very, very long time. I think and, Jerry Judy's got some potential. Henry Ruggs yeah. is a great elite deep threat, but it depends on whom they end up with, too. Like, let's yeah, not what let's team not they're on. Yeah, but let's like but, let's just talk about say they're in the perfect situation. 
and everything is perfect. You know, I'd go one, I'd go one and two because he's got great. Um, he has his best position on his team is his running back position. That's his strongest position. I'd get another one, ship the one out, Derrick Henry. If that would be the one that I would choose, just because he's like we talked about. Um, and then I'd get another wide receiver to add with Debo Samuel to add with D.D. Westbrook. I would be perfectly okay saying having a C.D. Lamb, Debo Samuel, and a D.D. Westbrook as my three wide receivers to go into the next year. I, I personally think you're on your way up because then you got young wide receivers too, and then just to see where they go because it takes a while um, for what for young wide receivers to get into the swing of things. Well, yeah, and, and then just see how it goes. Rookie wide receivers are not going to hit it. You usually have no. to wait two years before yep. they really like have something. Be Tyler Lockett yeah. is a classic example of that where like Doug Baldwin was on the team or like my issue with Devonte Adams a couple of years ago, where you just have to wait for him to be the number one and pair him with the right quarterback. So I keep forgetting, the- I keep forgetting he has Tyler Lockett too. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> like he just Tyler adds CD lamb to that. Like, yeah, absolutely. Do I think he's a true number one wide receiver? No. But I think in his situation, like they're going to feed him the ball because they have to feed him the ball. He's just not going to be like a a Julio or something like that where he's just going to be putting up gaudy numbers. But he's going to be putting up really nice numbers. To be fair, Julio, as far as that, like he's never put up huge touchdown value. His consistency is his big thing. Exactly. Yeah. Brown was always outproducing him because he had the same equivalent like um, catch numbers and receiving yard numbers, but always more touchdowns. Like, I think Lockett has the potential to be a wide receiver, too. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver. No, I don't either. Kind of like I Baldwin mean, was for years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But. So, but it, that's the thing. Like, the number one wide receiver, it's kind of like running back. When you have a running back that's going to be the feature back, you know, we used to be where you'd have one specific running back and you'd run him in, you know, Emmett Smith or... Um, like all, all these guys from the nineties, Edron James, um, you know, even going back to like Walter Payton, um, and you'd have one feature guy. Well, that's very small. So even the five or six guys that are Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey, Camara, um, you know, that are going to be the number one guy, um, Zeke, um, are valuable. The same goes for wide receivers with a specific quarterback. So Devonte Adams, Tyler Lockett, um, Hopkins now uh, moving to a different team, but I mean, he was always going to be one Julio Jones, etc. So like, mm-hmm. you know, even pairing that that's where most of your receivers are going to be coming in. So it, it, it does depend on system and who's getting you the ball. That's the one thing about wide receivers. Like if you put Hopkins with the bears, I don't think he's going to have number one wide receiver numbers. I don't care who it is like Trubisky getting him the ball would scare me, but like Kyler Murray's got some potential. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, the trade. It was kind of lateral, so I, it didn't upset me. It was me no. having new Hopkins. I, it was what it was. Well, I think it would upset me if I had Watson, but, you know, I because I, I part of the problem is, is in a year where um, you have um, a lot of um, wide receiver and running back depth, like the Texans don't have a first round pick. I don't e- I'm not even sure they have a second round pick. Because I think they traded off so. everything. Yeah, you know, I don't if they think got so. a second round pick, it might be from that David Johnson trade. But um, even so, like them getting him additional help 
I, I think they're weaker now. Like, David Johnson's an upgrade at running back, but how is that helping Watson? And Fuller Doesn't. is a really great and talented receiver. He just cannot stay on the field. And at a certain nope. um, question, health is a skill. Like, being healthy and remaining on the field is a skill in itself, and he just doesn't have it. I've been waiting for him to hit. I mean, he had that one huge week last year, like, where he had, like, yeah. 50 plus points. But um, I've been holding on to Will Fuller for that specific reason. And the one year that he might end up having a hitting it big or that he can remain healthy. But, like, the one thing I have going for it is we have enough injury designations that I can, on a week-to-week basis, basically keep him and wait for that one big week. So, I don't know. But, all right. So, we've spent a half an hour or 35 minutes discussing two teams. At this rate, we're going to be leaking by far into the third episode. So, who do you want to go to next? Um, I... The next um, seeding wise would be Dorothy Mantooth. The formerly like. Dorothy Mantooth team. So this now no this owner? one, I actually think there is value, but probably less than some of the other teams that are on here. So uh, Rashad Perriman, who had like that breakout at the end of the year last year, um, I think just signed for the Jets. Um, so I don't know how he's going to fit into all of that. But Tyler Boyd's a nice uh, wide receiver, too, especially if um, they start to go to a more air raid type of offense with Joe Burrow. Um, You have uh, Tevin Coleman. Again, I don't know how those Shanahan offenses, you never know how things are going to break out. I do think um, Jamison Crowder has the potential to upgrade just because he's a slot receiver um, in a Jets offense that uh, at times wasn't terrible. I mean, he had 122 targets last year. And he didn't even play like two or three games. So I think especially if um, you get a full year out of, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Um, Sam Darnold. um, That has the potential. Fitzgerald is probably going to downgrade just because of Nuck. Like he's, his 109 targets, there's just no way, but they are going to play four receiver sets. But Jordan Howard's going to be the feature back in Miami. Um, you've still got Devontae Parker, who had one of the biggest resurgences um, of any player last year. Yep, Coming yep. down the stretch, he was like the number one wide receiver for the last like half of the season. Miles Sanders is now probably the number one rec- uh, guy out of the Eagles' backfield, but I still think that um, that's a weird, fluid situation, and that's a week-to-week thing. And, yeah. Um, He's still got uh, Roethlisberger coming back. He's got Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford. Now, I should mention that this is the team that's going to be open for somebody. So the Chicago, Minnesota, and San Francisco defenses are pretty um, set, although San Francisco lost a little bit coming in uh, between years. Chicago lost a couple of linebackers, I think, um, moving on in free agency. Minnesota um, got absolutely decimated in their depth. And, um, like, their entire cornerback system right now is basically gone. Trey Wayne's left. Xavier Rhodes left. They had um, they franchise take one of their safeties, but they're going to really need help in that. And their defensive line lost two or three guys, like Linzo, or Linvold Joseph and Everson Griffin are both gone. So I don't know how much, other than the San Francisco D, which was competing for the number one ranking on and off with um, the Patriots for fantasy-wise all season— I don't think there's any um, 
reasonable nature of keeping both Chicago and Minnesota going next season. But that being said, this is probably the least talented roster just top to bottom on the entire thing. So whomever is going to end up getting this team is going to have a lot of work to do because there isn't even like a top line asset that you can really turn no. This no. team has been no. neglected for years because the previous owner just, I mean, he self-admitted he did not understand what he was trying to do. And he was trying to treat this like a redraft <laughs> of team. Is that he's what not he said? the number one overall pick. Um, no. Yeah. These are in like no man's land. Um, and what pick he's does he got, have? He's got, um, two or three receivers who are okay. And he's got Jack Doyle, but like none of his quarterbacks, uh, I would say are in the top 10, um, of fantasy value. And honestly, and this is, I always like to draft an extra quarterback just to see if it hits, you know, like I was, if Kyler Murray had been sticking around long enough, I would have drafted him last year just on my personal, um, list. Same with like Josh Allen two years ago, but it just never really worked out that way. So, but I I don't even know who would be the best asset on this team, honestly, to do anything with. Um, and he's got the fourth pick too. Like oh, that's I thought he had the third pick. My bad. Okay. No, third pick um, goes to Derek, which Derek traded to Danny. So the okay. third pick is actually our champion. So that sucks. Well, you had like the second I know, last I know. year and you I'm were the just... champion. So don't, don't. I but... know, I know. I'm saying it sucks for me. Sounds me like being some as sour competitive grapes. as that I am. Oh, absolutely. Um, but like, but yeah, Devontae like Parker, you, look at the you team. might be able to capitalize Tyler Boyd, but just putting together a lineup like right now, um, I think I'd put Stafford as his number one quarterback, even though, um, you know, Kirk Cousins had the most points of any of the three that he has on the roster. But I can't imagine Cousins' value going uh, up with Stephon Diggs moving on to Buffalo. Um, And, um, like, LaShawn McCoy was a healthy scratch through the playoffs. So, like, I don't even see the value in keeping that. So... Cameron Brait is going to be the number two tight end in a pass-happy offense, but how much value is he going to get? He only had 55 targets last year. Like, his in or his entire value was touchdown related. Like, more than uh, a third of his points came from touchdowns. So, um, oh, I just, I, I'm not seeing it from that value. And some of the other than honestly, if, if you really, you hold on to maybe Parker, and Perriman to see what they're going to do. You hold on to Howard, you hold on to Sanders, you hold on to Boyd uh, and Crowder, and maybe you can make a credible lineup on a week-to-week basis, but he's going to need a strong draft whomever takes over this team. And I know we're not doing a great job of really selling um, the nature of somebody wanting to take over this team right now. <laughs> but like, if you come in and you do a damn good job, like you deserve everything you're getting. Well, I mean, if anything, if anyone's looking for a fun challenge, this would be the team to to take over and do. Everyone that you said that you would want to hang on to, those are all the people that I would want to trade. Just because of the reason you said you'd hang on to them is the value that they bring. If I'm the only I don't know if they have enough value to bring back. That's the thing. I know, but I mean, it would just be extra picks. Like, I'm not saying any of these guys would be... The only person I can think of maybe trading a first-round pick would be would be for for Parker. 
I mean, other than that, maybe seconds or thirds. But I, it would just be for the extra for the extra. Parker picks. has been on a sleepers list for a long time, and he for had one years. good half of a year. Yeah, I wouldn't yep. give more than a third round pick for him. Yeah, that's just that's my valuation, and that's fine, and I understand. The this the is player, just going to take. This is just going to take years to overhaul this team. Honestly, well, no, I think with one or two good drafts, you could be viable. But it takes some value, and you're going to have to start stockpiling talent. Yep. The the two players that I would see as having any positional value um, and anywhere going forward, Tyler Boyd is the number one wide receiver for what's going to be a pass-happy offense for Zach Taylor coming out of that McVay system where they're going to run three wide. I know you're hoping AJ Green's going to do something, but like I'm not banking on it. And I know I'm he's going to do something. I'm not counting on John Ross to like be at all viable. So no. they're going to throw the ball. Tyler Boyd is going to get them. He had 148 targets last year and 90 receptions for a bad team being quarterbacked by Andy fucking Dalton. <laughs> so like I know that they were behind, but do you really think that they're not going to be behind this season with a rookie quarterback? Tyler Boyd is probably their, his best asset unless you can sell somebody on the upside of Miles Sanders going into his second season for what's likely to be a good offense in Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to be a great offense, but I think now that he gets the number one value and he has some catchability that he already had 800 yards, he showed a little bit what he can do. The one downside I would say is, is that Doug Peterson's already trying to put the brakes on saying that he's going to be their featured every down guy. Because I don't think Peterson nor even like Andy Reid, um, anybody out of that or that tree, um, Frank Reich, really loves to play one specific back. Like Correct. Andy Reid is probably the closest when he had um, either uh, Jamal Charles or Kareem Hunt, um, uh, Brian Westbrook, any of those guys, LaShawn McCoy. Like he was the closest where he would feature one guy a lot. You know, Peterson and Reich have even shown, like, Marlon Mack has positional value, but he's a running back, too. Like, he's never going to be the elite-level guy. He's got value, but I don't know if he's that top-level guy. Best thing I did was trade Marlon Mack for a second-round pick, like, two years ago. That was one of my better trades that I made. But, yeah, Miles Sanders, nothing about him or any Eagles running back, for instance, for the reasons that you said, um make me want to trade anything for him. Uh, so so the only guy I think you can get a credible amount of return for is Tyler Boyd. Outside of that, this team, you know, you can maybe feel the team every week and you're going to get a decent player with the, the draft crop being the way it is um, going yeah. into next year. But it's if you end up drafting wide receiver because all the running backs went one, two, three, you know, all the at least the decent ones that we think can have some immediate value you're still going to be a year to, year away from even being like playoff credible, let alone like um, contender. You know, and I always look at this as tiers of the league. Like this is, and we've mentioned it, the ta most talent devoid team in the league. And it's just because of mismanagement. Yeah. Over the course of the last several, um, how long was this guy um, managing this team for? I think it was before years. I got here, right? Yeah, well, I think it was about the same time. Oh, okay. It's about three or four years. Yeah. So, so I mean, 
And it, like, it just takes some work. It, it doesn't take a lot to turn it around, like on no. some of these where you have one or two assets. And I just look at, you know, Ben's team, the guy before him had a couple of assets where he picked up Deshaun Watson midseason. He picked up um, a couple of other guys and had a couple of rookie running backs in McCaffrey and um, I think something else and just started to hit on all of them. And Ben ended up lucking into that a little bit. And then Ben's also got, uh, is like actually credible and knows what he's doing. But even like the uh, other attorney from my dad's office, that's part of this Roger, who um, I forget his team name at the moment and forgive me. Oh, Rogers rabbits, excuse me. But like he came in and his biggest asset was um, uh, Russell Wilson. And basically the only thing he still had the number one pick going into that year, got Saquon Barkley. And now he's at least a credible playoff team, if not else. And we're probably going to go over his roster here in a minute. But, like, that's at least something of uh, potential value where um, he's going to have something beyond that. And it doesn't take a lot of time. You know, you're one to two years away from really turning around. You did the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. that first year you were at least playoff viable, but... um, the second year you were turning into a contender if you do just a bit of credible difference. And that's the difference is everybody wants immediate satisfaction. You know, unfortunately it's the millennial gen X thing that my dad would always be crying <laughs> at this point. Being oh, sounding geez, like the old man that he is. And I tell here him, we oh, go. okay, boomer. But, <laughs> but it kind of is true that, you know, if you're willing to have a little bit of patience, massage the roster a little bit, you know, you can have viability within a couple of years if you know what you're doing. That's what made it so, like I said, what made it so fun was switching everything over. Like, I honestly think owning that team, that would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of work, but I think it would be a lot of fun because of the work that you would have to put in. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is by far (laughs) the least talented team that we have um, in the league this year. So, um, all right. We're running on 49 minutes in the moment. Um, I'm, I don't think we can bust in Derek's team, which is the next one I was going to suggest moving to, uh-huh. without uh-huh. it going over the 10-minute value. Plus, we have the intros and the outros to worry about. So I'm going to clip that here, and uh, we'll move into Derek's team on um, episode 2B. And uh, clearly, we're going to need a 2C as well, because you and I are yeah. on so, uh, but just stick around uh, for the next part of the series. Apparently, we're producing four episodes this morning, and um, you'll have plenty of value to uh, talk about in quarantine for everybody. So, Aaron, if you're listening to this on your drive um, to be a medical professional, um, you're welcome. Thank you, and stay safe, everybody. And um, uh, 2B is coming up right now. <laughs>